0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music, and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. China says it's sending a peace envoy to Ukraine. But the prospect of Beijing brokering a deal to end the war has been met with scepticism. Instead, fighting looks set to enter a second, more violent and possibly decisive stage. Today, our global affairs editor, John Lyons, speaks to us from the capital, Kyiv, about life on the ground and what comes next in the war. John, you're in Ukraine at the moment covering the war. I just want you to give me a sense of what it's like there, what's been happening while you've been on the ground.
1: It's quite strange here in Ukraine at the moment because during the day, everything seems quite normal. People are going about their business, they're off to work. You know, you'll see them sort of having a lunch at a cafe or restaurant or something. Mm. And then come nighttime, it takes on more of a sort of an ominous sense. Mm. Most nights now, there are Russian uh, attacks, missiles and drones being fired into Ukraine. The air raid siren will go through the night and often, you know, 4am you're woken up by that sound and anybody who's lived through the sound of those air raid sirens, they're they're quite eerie. It's actually a terrible way to sort of wake up and there's a real sense here that something much worse is, is around the corner.
0: Oh gosh, that's horrible. You mentioned a a sort of increase in attacks in recent days and as I read it, that's got to do with the Russian holiday commemorating Soviet victory over Nazi Germany. So just tell me about that.
1: Well, it seemed as if for Vladimir Putin and the Russian military that that was in some ways a time that they wanted to increase their attack. So it was like the Russians were trying to make a statement. I think they were also trying to capture um, the city of Bakhmut. Uh, they wanted to announce, I think, of another victory, if you'd like.
0: Bakhmut is regarded as a strategic stepping stone to other Ukrainian cities in the Donbass region. But it's also been extremely bloody, with the US estimating 100,000 Russian casualties in the area since December.
1: And they surged their troops around Bakhmut in the days leading up to victory day. They haven't got it, of course. The Ukrainians are putting in a, a hell of a fight to halt, try to sort of keep the Russians from taking complete control of Bakhmut. But it seemed to be tied to the victory day celebrations.
0: Mm, okay, so this victory day celebration in Moscow last week, President Putin he spoke at that Росію, за наши доблестные силы, за победу. He stood up in Moscow's Red Square to address the nation, to address the Russian people. What did he have to say, John?
1: Well, of course, that commemorates, you know, the the uh, victory of the Russian army over Nazi Germany in World War Two. And essentially, what Vladimir Putin said was, "This is a real war now. Uh, large parts of the world are against Russia." Mm-hmm. They're destroying our monuments around the world. It was very much an appeal to that sort of nationalist sentiment that we are the victims in Russia. The world is, many people around the world and countries are trying to damage us. And therefore, this war in Ukraine, in a way, it's a fight for Russia. It's a a right for our fight for our survival. So he was very much trying to pitch that sort of message.
0: Yeah, sure. Okay, so we know John that Ukraine is receiving a substantial amount of support, of course, from the West in this war against Russia. But Russia has its allies too, doesn't it? And I want you just to tell me about China, because things seem to be shifting somewhat. Beijing seems to be more actively interested now in this conflict.
1: Well, yes, there was a a fascinating phone call um, a couple of weeks ago, on April the 26th, where uh, China's President Xi Jinping finally spoke to Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Right now, there is an opportunity to give new energy to the relations between Ukraine and China.
0: It's hoped all sides will reflect on the crisis and seek a new way for everlasting peace in Europe together.
1: It's their first conversation since the invasion by Russia here last February. In February last year, Mm. President Zelensky has wanted to speak to the Chinese leader who has avoided him. Um, And finally, though, Xi Jinping has uh, intervened. And in my view, finally, China is making a play. Mm. I think this is really significant. I think this is China's moment. I think Xi Jinping has sat back and watched this. And he's had all these photo opportunities with Vladimir Putin, very moderate supportive of Russia and finally I think he saw an opening here so he spoke to President Zelensky and according to the readouts that both sides put out later what happened was uh, President uh, Xi uh, basically said I, I want to send an envoy a diplomatic envoy to Kyiv to start to look at a peace process 中方江派... China will send a special delegation of the Chinese government to Ukraine to conduct in-depth communication on the political settlement of the Ukrainian crisis. Essentially, this envoy will go between Ukraine and Russia and let's start to look at some sort of resolution to this which is really fascinating when you think about, you know, the United States, of course, for decades has played that sort of envoy role. Mm. Um, You know, Warren Zevon's famous song about, you know, the American envoy. Suddenly now China is pivoting and saying we can do this deal because, of course, the United States can't. They can't deliver Vladimir Putin to a negotiating table, but China can. So suddenly China is now sending this envoy, Li Hui, who's a former ambassador of China to Russia. So he's well connected with the Russians. And in a way, this is probably the most likely resolution to this war will be brokered by China, which is quite fascinating when you think about what that means to the world we live in.
0: Yeah, really, really interesting. But John, do you think this is a genuine effort to broker peace that Ukraine might actually agree to some sort of deal that China comes up with?
1: Hard to know, Samantha, Mm, because, mm. of course, uh, my own assessment is that because the Russians militarily now are in trouble, they are clearly on the back foot and uh, Ukraine has now is ready for this new counteroffensive. They're they're armed to the teeth with all of the weapons, the tanks and everything that NATO has provided. They've all arrived. They've got Patriot systems now that can shoot down missiles. So in a way now, I think what Ukraine will do in the next few days or weeks, they'll have that counteroffensive mm-hmm. and see how they go. If Ukraine can surge and can have that counteroffensive and can start pushing into Crimea, then I think they'll think we're at a much stronger position to come to the negotiating table if Russia's on the back foot. So I think actually Xi Jinping was looking after Russia's interests mm-hmm. when he rang uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. I think that Russia is clearly now in trouble and he's trying to get their great friend Xi Jinping to sue for peace in a way. So I think that that's China's agenda. I don't think it's necessarily an honest agenda.
0: Mm, Okay. And the Ukrainians, of course, John, have made it clear from the start that they're not willing to give up any of their land.
1: Well, that's right. Russia now occupies one-fifth of this country, apart from Crimea, which they took in 2014, of course. If you look at that eastern part, uh, um, the, in the border with Russia, between Russia and Ukraine, Russia has now, since February last year, moved its soldiers in and taken over one-fifth of the country. So the view here in Ukraine is very strong. We will not negotiate while you have one-fifth of our country, move out of the country, and then we'll start to talk about some longer-term peace deal.
0: Okay, so John, just give me a sense now, because you're on the ground, you know, what's coming next in this war? What are the Ukrainians saying to you is coming in the months ahead?
1: In the months ahead, uh, Ukraine will make its big military play, I think they're locked into that course. I don't think there's any way out of that now. They, they they don't want to get out of it. There's a gridlock and there's a sense here, although there's trepidation amongst Ukrainians, this anger has meant we we want to give it a best shot. They've now got 230 of the best tanks in the world that you can get, have all arrived. You actually see them coming in on the highway from Poland. It's quite extraordinary to see this massive arsenal of weapons coming in from Poland.
0: Alongside American armoured vehicles, more support is coming from Germany. After weeks of pressure, Berlin has agreed to send 14 of its Leopard 2 tanks, considered one of the best for warfare in
1: ukraine so they've got their 230 tanks they've got 1550 armed infantry vehicles they've got their uh, two major patriot air defense systems that they've come in one from germany one from the united states and so they're armed to the teeth in my view and so their view is, right, we've now had 15 months of this terrible situation of living in fear, now we're going to give it back to Russia, we're going to take on your troops seriously, I think they're going to try to make a push into Crimea, I think that that's going to be part of their new offensive, um, and I think that then once they have that, if they get that military advantage, and who knows what's going to happen, the Russians I think are prepared for the counteroffensive. offensive what, what the Russians have done by all reports, is they've put a lot of mines, trenches and mines and other sort of surprises for the Ukrainians. So if the Ukrainians literally try to push into, into those Russian-occupied territories, there'll be this whole one or two or three kilometres that will be heavily mined. So mm. it's not going to be easy. And Crimea has been fortified. So this is certainly not going to be easy or straightforward, but the Ukrainians are definitely going to launch this counteroffensive anytime. And then I think it'll be a matter of, do they do they push the Russians back? Are they beating the Russians militarily? And if they are, I think at that point, Ukraine will say, now we are prepared to accept China's offer and sit down and talk.
0: Mm, so no wonder, John, the people that you speak to on the streets, no wonder they think that things could become more brutal.
1: That's right. I think the view of Ukrainians is the status quo can't be accepted. We can't have the Russians take a fifth of our country, have murdered, have gone through villages, committing all sorts of atrocities have ruined so many of the cities. If you look at Google Earth this week, there were contrasts between a lot of the cities before the Russian invasion and the cities now, and they're not recognizable. So the Ukrainians view is any negotiation would have to require massive reinvestment by Russia. Russia would have to pay reparations in compensation to help rebuild our country. So unfortunately, I think any negotiated peace is a long way down the track.
0: John Lyons is the ABC's global affairs editor. The International Criminal Court has an arrest warrant against Russian President Vladimir Putin. More than 75,000 atrocities have been reported in Ukraine since Russia invaded, according to the Prosecutor-General's office in Kyiv. This episode was produced by Veronica Appap, Flint Duxfield, and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.